Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people. And today is no exception. We have an amazing guest. He's an entrepreneur. He's a living legend in the world of entrepreneurship. All the way from Vancouver, British Columbia. Welcome to the show, Brian Scudamore. Victor, thank you for having me. You, you got me at espresso. Anything that has to do with coffee, I'm all in. Awesome. I love it. Well, Brian, we have a number of mutual friends, and it's just great to connect. For the folks who don't know you, uh, they probably know some of your brands because they are absolutely world-renowned. Why don't we start with a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey? Absolutely. Well, I, we created a company called O2E Brands, which stands for Ordinary to Exceptional, taking ordinary people like myself, a high school dropout, a college dropout, building exceptional businesses through customer experience. We've got three brands, 1-800-GOT-JUNK, which is junk removal across Canada, the US, Australia. And we've got uh, Wow One Day Painting, which we paint people's homes in a day. Speed plus quality, boom, done in a day. And then we've got Shack Shine, windows, gutters, power washing. And it's been 33 years of building these companies. Um, 1-800-GOT-JUNK is the, the oldest in the family, so to speak. Started building that business 33 years ago. And I was in a McDonald's drive through trying to figure out how I was going to pay for college, having not finished high school. And I saw a beat up old pickup truck, plywood side panels built up on the box. And it said Mark's hauling on the side. And this truck filled with junk was my inspiration for how to pay for college. Buy a truck, haul junk. I created the Rubbish Boys and off I went. And three years into my university education, I was simply learning more about business, running a business than I was studying in school and made a tough decision to drop out. And uh, the rest is history. Here we are, 600 plus million dollar business, having a blast, franchise model where we see others grow along with us, living their own entrepreneurial dreams and life's awesome. I love that story. You know, there's a myth out there that says people need to have some newfangled technology. And I have a technology background, so I'm enamored with technology, but that you need something differentiated in the market, that you've got to be doing something new that hasn't been done before in order to make a go of it in business. And you've done the exact opposite. You've taken things that are incredibly pedestrian, inc incredibly mundane, and scale them, you know, dialed it up to 11. You've, you've broken almost every conventional wisdom. I love doing things differently. I mean, as somebody who I've gone to 14 schools from kindergarten through to college, the only diploma I have is kindergarten. I, I literally never finished high school or college and I don't do things conventionally. And maybe it's my ADD. Maybe it's the fact that I had trouble staying focused in school and just found different ways to do things. So I loved taking an age old business of junk removal and just doing it differently. I didn't look for a brand new idea. I just found something and said, how can I do it better? And I think when someone's starting a business, that's often the simple formula. I look at one of the biggest businesses on the planet, Starbucks, Howard Schultz, love the guy. He's been a mentor, uh, have met him many times and been inspired by his wisdom of building that third place, taking a simple business like a coffee shop and revolutionizing the way, the way and where we drink coffee. Not a new business, just a new way of doing something that's existed forever. Well, one of the things that I love about Howard Schultz is the way that he's even approached things like hiring, for example. 
if you consider that a business like Starbucks is built on its people, their their hiring manual is so simple. They hire for personal attributes because they can teach anyone to make a cappuccino. If you're not polite, if you're not personable, if you don't like people, they can't teach you that. And that's part of the personal experience of going into a Starbucks is how are you greeted? If that greeting isn't the right greeting, it doesn't matter what the coffee is. So they, they, he's focused on that. And it's taking something that is intuitively understandable and making it easy to internalize and easy to scale so that you really are attracting the right people. How have you taken that concept in your business? Because at the end of the day, it's not because your waste bins are painted a particular color that makes you successful. We're in the junk removal business, the house painting business, the window washing business, as you say, pedestrian type businesses that are fragmented mom and pop. And we found a way to, to, to elevate the level of service. And really, it comes down to people. I'm wearing a hat today that says it's all about people finding the right people and treating them right. That has been our motto. That's been our secret sauce. So when we look at our strategic formula for growth, our our strategy is simple. Take care of your people and they will take care of the customer. Take care of your customer and they will take care of the growth of your brand, your reputation, your profits. It really is simple. And I think most businesses fail to do what Howard has done so well. Just find great people they can learn everything, whether it's how to be a barista or how to scale and grow an amazing coffee company. They have so many people that started on the coffee machine, making espressos and grew their way within the company over years and decades. So a similar formula to what we do, just find great people, treat them right, give them opportunity, and it's working for us. Let's talk a little bit about the painting business, because what you've done, I almost consider it akin to being the FedEx of the painting business, where there is a value, whether it's a single homeowner that is trying to minimize the disruption of having their house painted, or potentially a residential landlord that wants to get their unit turned down to a day so that they don't lose a month worth of rent. How is that business segmented for you? And and, and have you marketed yourself differently to those two different client bases? I mean, we're marketing ourselves to anybody that doesn't want the disruption. So I think the way that the business of painting is is changing is people don't understand that you can paint a home in a day. People think that you can't paint with the quality, certainly in a day. And the way we explain it to people is anyone knows that you can paint one room in a day with one person. If it's a bigger room, maybe it takes two people, but all we do is put the right number of people, a big crew, organized, planned, perfection, and how it's executed. We put the right people in in the house in the right numbers. Now, one or two people in each room, they're not bumping into each other. It's just coordinated and executed in a way that makes absolute sense. And people get it done in a day rather than taking the two weeks, the Murphy Brown, someone moves in and, and you know, sleeps on the couch while they uh, you know, rest between painting. This is a, a professional business that um, has been very fragmented that we're changing the model. What would you say your average crew size is? Not that there's necessarily an average because it's going to tie to a particular size of the property, but are you having 10 people to send on a house, 20 You know, it really is the simple formula is one to two people per room. So let's say someone's having us paint their living room. It's probably two people. 
-hmm. If someone's having us paint the whole uh, main floor and you've got the big kitchen, the living room, a dining room, you know, it could be five people. So it, it really depends on how many rooms the we've, we've certainly done 20,000 square foot homes. Uh, you know, there's, there's big projects you can do. You just need to make sure you have the right number of people that you can plug in to get it, get it done. But it, it's interesting because our franchise owners get it and they execute the people that don't get it are the people that have been in the industry forever. Painters. And they always tell people, oh, you can't paint a home in a day. Well, no, you can't paint a home in a day, but we know how to coordinate the project to get it done in a day without compromising any quality. In fact, we have someone who wears what we call the emerald shirt, who their job is to walk around the site at the end of the job and throughout the job to make sure the quality, they're a painter, but they're in charge of quality and they inspect what they expect. Is the quality there? Is it being done right? What do we need to touch up and fix? And when the customer walks into their home, they feel what we called the company name. Wow. One day painting. I love that. And I come from the world of technology, where if we were designing a microprocessor, or perhaps the software to go with a brand new microprocessor, it was clearly understood that if you didn't perform QA, it was not going to work. I mean, that's just mm. the reality. Of course. And yet that QA function is universally applicable in absolutely every business. Doesn't matter how simple it is. Mm -hmm. yeah, QA is important. You know, and I learned from a mentor of mine, Jack Daly, the professional sales coach is what he's known as, is inspect what you expect. So I do my own QA. Some people might be surprised to hear that the CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK is calling into the sales center uh, a couple of times a year to go, are people friendly? Are they clear in how they explain the rates? I think it's important to inspect what you expect in any business. If you're in real estate development, you've got to inspect the things that you're expecting. And uh, it's a little bit of extra effort that saves you a lot of hard work and, uh, and, and challenges and problems down the road. I love that. And, you know, a lot of people think about entrepreneurs, especially if they're not in entrepreneurship, they think about entrepreneurs as these hard driving type A personalities that are only concerned with uh, growing their business with maybe even greed. And you've done something recently that is a gift back to the world. Uh, and that is you've written a book, you I'm sure didn't have to. Tell us a bit about that. It's actually my second book. So I never thought I would really write a book. Well, there were times when I thought I did, and then I, I gave up on that dream. You just get so busy as an entrepreneur, you don't need to become an author as well. Right. And I had heard from our marketing uh, partner, the wizard of ads, Roy H. Williams, who's our co-author. And Roy said to me, you know, after year after year telling me you got to write a book and me saying, I don't want to, uh, I don't need to, my ego doesn't need it. He said, it's not about you. It's about others. And you mentioned the gift of, giving. We don't make money. We lose money on the books, but mm -hmm. it is trying to inspire others to build something for themselves. So the, the book I wrote recently that just went out in April, is called BYOB, build your own business, be your own boss. And the reason I wrote that book was to inspire people to choose a path. If they dream of entrepreneurship, starting their own business, like 66% of North Americans and they haven't done anything about it yet. Um, do you start a business from scratch, as I did, or do you start a business as a franchise with a proven record, uh, a proven playbook? Some people want to build the race car, like myself. Some people just want to drive the race car. Which path is the right one for you? And 
I really enjoyed writing the book because so quickly I'm getting feedback about the difference it's making for people. And uh, yeah, I think it's important as you, you mentioned, you know, sharing what has worked from our experience in years of what we've been building, others can learn from. My school was not the, the regular schooling track, as you can tell from dropping out. I've dropped out so many times. I've learned from asking others questions, from being curious. That's been my education. And so sharing with the rest of the world is what I'm attempting to do. I think there's also a third possible pathway. There's the be your own business. There's the build your own business. But when we consider the number of businesses that are baby boomer owned today that are in their sunset with no succession plan, I read a statistic recently that one in 13 will actually sell. How about buy your own business? There you go. Now I need to increase the the title name. That's brilliant. You know, it, it it's it's great because it is it is an uh, it is a very popular path. If somebody has the cash and they want to then leave corporate America and they got packaged out and they want to buy their own business to start, I think it's a great path. And in fact, in many cases, they don't need a ton of cash because in reality, you're going to sell or finance a good chunk of it anyway on mm-hmm. a two or three year earnout to make sure that the business performs as represented and so on. And most of those businesses end up being turnarounds mm-hmm. anyway, because they weren't properly marketed for today's age. Mm-hmm. And uh, those can be opportunities to take them into more modern marketing. And the, the opportunities are almost endless to aggregate extraordinary businesses that have just been neglected for a long time. Mm-hmm. That's great. No, I, I think there's so many businesses that get built up that someone else can take to the next level. So we talked about Howard Schultz earlier. Absolutely. He didn't start Starbucks. There were people ahead of him that built it into a, I think a two or three cafe system. And he knew that he could take it bigger and raised money and off he went. So you need someone sometimes to buy the business and take it next level. And uh, it's a great option. And McDonald's is a similar story. Of course. Yeah, everyone you know, everyone that's seen the founder, Michael Keaton, uh, does a great uh, um, Ray Kroc. But it is uh, it's unbelievable what Ray Kroc was able to build and scale that the McDonald's brothers could not do. Absolutely. Well, if folks want to get a copy of the book, if they want to connect or learn more, what's the best way? Well, the book, uh, the largest bookstore in the world, Amazon. Uh, just search Brian Scudamore, and you'll find both our books there. They want to learn more. You can also go to brianscudamore.com. You can put my name into Google and find me on social media. Pretty easy to find the work we've done and have been doing uh, if you put it into a search engine. So I appreciate you having had me on your podcast and uh, it was great to meet you, Victor. Likewise. Well, love the message, love the story, love the perspective and love watching your journey. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Brian at brianscudamore.com or get a copy of his latest book, BYOB, Build Your Own Business, Be Your Own Boss, uh, wherever books are sold. In the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.